Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Jordan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Okay, uh, week eight is in the books, and your Cleveland Browns have now lost as many games, or even more, I can't remember, than I predicted they would lose all season. They've hit my loss total. The Cleveland Browns are 4-4 four and four on the season. Uh, they're an average football team right now. This you podcast are, brought to you by Benadryl. Ugh. You are what your record is, and right now the Browns are a 500 football team. And they just lost to a team that, quite honestly, they had no business losing to today. Fact. 15-10 to 10 is your final score. Ben Roethlisberger comes back into Cleveland for the first time since 20... It's the first time he's played in Cleveland since 2017. He did not play in... Uh, or no, no, might- 20, no, no. Tw- 2018 he did, the opening game. But 2019 he did not. He was injured. That was the Mason Rudolph helmet game. And last year uh, he didn't even make the trip because it was the last game of last week of the regular season and the Steelers had already clinched. So it was the first time in three years that Ben Roethlisberger has played in Brown Stadium. And like he's done his entire career, uh, he is the boogeyman. So you're saying that because he played, that's why the Browns lost to the Steelers at home for the first time since 2017. Uh well I I won't say I won't go that far uh because I don't think the Steelers did anything to beat the Browns today I think and it's becoming it's becoming a it's becoming a fairly well outside of the Cardinals game because we just got our butts kicked so that I'll give the Cardinals credit for beating us um every time the Browns lose it it just seems like they beat themselves Kansas City. Uh, the Chargers. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that the Chargers. I took disagree that game on from the us. Chargers one. The Chargers literally just took that game by the throat, and they were just better. But Kansas City, especially, we made terrible errors, especially on special teams, that that cost us that game. And today, I mean, the errors were on the offensive side. Uh, Mostly, we'll, we'll get all into that. Mostly, I mean, we'll get into that. I, I'm not. Go, I'm not going to go. Obviously, I'm not going to blame the defense for the loss, but. There's something going on with this football team where it just refuses to play complementary football. And what I mean by that is when the offense does something good, the defense turns around and craps their leg. When the defense does something good, like a big three and out, the Browns stall on offense. Uh, when they need some, when they need a good punt on special teams, they don't get it. Uh, the only the only consistency we've had <laughs> this entire year is the kicker. Yeah, that's sad. The Browns don't do anything really well right now. And you can say it's injuries. You can say whatever. I, I'll tell you what. I might I might catch crap from this because apparently uh, we're not allowed to um, second guess the coaching on this team because you know our coaches. He's young. He's you know got a chiseled chin and he's handsome and and whatever. Um, 
Kevin Stefanski is as much to blame as anybody for this loss today. And oh, I f- absolutely. And I feel like I've and I feel like that's not the first time that I've said this this year. He was absolutely brutal with his play calling outside of the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second offensive drive of the second half. Absolutely brutal. We had no idea what we were doing. He just refused to give the ball to Nick Chubb. Now I know Chubb didn't have the greatest of days, but last year, what did we do? There were there were several games last year where Nick Chubb, you know, it would take him a while to get going, and in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter of games, he would just take over and dominate. Stefanski just wouldn't give him the ball. You're expecting that, you know, even though they were behind, you know, 15 to 10. So, and you had all three timeouts. You had four plus minutes to go. You could have run that ball as many times as you wanted to, pretty much, mm-hmm. on that final possession. Now, they started off with a pass, 20 yard gain. They had another pass, almost 10 yard gain. Njoku had a couple catches in there. Uh, they, I, they mixed in the run on, on occasion, but it almost seemed like they they wanted to put the game more on Baker instead of on Chubb, which is a real departure from what you would see uh, going back. Uh, really for the entirety of the Stefanski era and it's Baker threw the ball 31 times today Nick Chubb Nick Chubb had 16 carries yeah that well now my real um problem also also Dearness Johnson who had 150 yards rushing and a touchdown last week four carries today terrible four terrible makes no sense whatsoever and a lot of this happened in I was pulling my hair out in the second quarter I don't know why we were trying to throw the ball so much when it was 3-3. Three to three. I, I don't know why we weren't trying to establish the run more. That was the game plan. That's why I was saying we should have been doing all week. We had the, we had the personnel back. We had the offensive linemen back. We had we had Chubb back. For about a quarter. Why, why would, well, I mean, Jack, that, Jack I mean, Conklin's was, now probably out for the year with a dislocated elbow. You know, it's... I mean, when are, I mean, when are the injury? When are the injuries going to stop? Jack Conklin today. John Johnson went out with a neck slash stinger injury. He didn't return. Uh, you know, we had how many guys did we have playing that weren't a hundred percent? You know, Jadavian Clowney didn't practice all week, and he played today. He actually, played very well uh, when he was in there. Um, Tack McKinley didn't play. Uh, Denzel Ward, obviously, with the hamstring injury, he did not play. Greg Newsom got hurt during the game. He came back in, but he got hurt. What is going on? I do wonder if some of the guys who even are playing, if they really are truly healthy. I mean, we, we know about Baker. Baker actually played pretty darn well today, believe it or not. But We have um, a lot of guys that are fighting through, that, that are like, playing, that are not anywhere close to 100%. If you're talking about Nick Chubb, only 16 carries. How much <sighs> of that is because is he really just not truly healthy at this point? Well, they... They they suppose Kevin Stefanski told Tracy Wolfson, who was the uh, sideline reporter for the game today, that that Nick Chubb was 100 percent good to go, um, was was planning on getting 100 percent of a workload. So if Stefanski's going to tell me that, then then Chubb's good to go. There's no injury with Nick Chubb that he's fighting through. And then and then the other thing is, I think some guys are. I mean, I'm not going to accuse anybody of dogging it, but you know, I'll take Jarvis Landry for an example. He he is a, he is kind of a bum knee, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a play he made in in the second quarter. He made a catch on, down the right. It was like a 19-yard catch. He got around the first guy, and then two other guys were coming after him after he made the next cut, and he just fell down. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder if guys are like, at this point, they're thinking about it. They're they're like in self-preservation mode when they can. Yeah, you know, that just didn't seem like a Jarvis Landry play to me. And then no, you know, well, there were a lot of plays that didn't seem for what for what happened yeah, later. There on were the a game. lot of plays where. I mean, Jarvis Landry had probably, you know, it's Halloween. Jarvis Landry had a horror show of a fourth quarter. He really did. And An absolute two drops. Let's, 
in key situations, a third down drop and a fourth down drop, and he caught a pass, Fumble. tried to fight for extra yardage, and what does he do? He fumbles. And who caused the fumble? None, none other than Joe Schobert, former Cleveland Brown. Yep. Thanks for the call. I want to go back to that whole sequence because, again, it would be very easy to rag on Landry. And, yes, he was awful in the fourth quarter. It, oh, he, he's the reason we lost the game. It, pretty much, yeah. I mean, two drops and a fumble. All and, of that happened yeah, in the fourth it's quarter. Just, it's incomprehensible. On every single one of those drives, those 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 happen, those all happen, I believe, on three separate drives in the fourth quarter. We were driving. Actually, I think the, the, the two drops were on the same possession because one of them was on – was on first down. That was a drop. We ultimately got the first down because of um, okay. Then the pass. then it was with the fourth down. And then yeah. later on. But I want to go back to that play actually, and then another play. But anyway, you, but, because it's a hold of the receivers. You know, on third and eleven, on the last drive, Rashard Higgins false starts. You know that puts you back third and sixteen, which made the instead of fourth and seven, you then had fourth and twelve. And we're gonna get we're gonna a lot harder. yeah, and we're gonna get to this. Uh, one of the biggest. Uh, factors of this game was the either lack of focus with our players today, and that's like Rashard Higgins false starting on a on a key third down, mm-hmm. or just literally just just coming out completely flat. And then the other play I want to point out because like I'm still going on the receivers on this late part of the game, pass over the middle, mm. you know, thirty yard pass down the middle. You could say, well, maybe Baker was a little bit high with the throw to Beckham, but. Mm. It didn't look like Beckham was really selling out for that. No, he ball. G- he gave around like it a little he bit. Was, he saw the safety coming and he was not selling out the ball. You know, well, was, if he does, maybe he comes down with it. Yeah, it was you know? that, and and I wonder if uh, you know, with his shoulder being an issue, him 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 reaching his arm up like that and tr- trying to overstretch for the ball, maybe he just couldn't do it. It's you know, it's one of those things like how healthy are these? And if guys that's the and, case, if that's the case, he shouldn't have been out there. Yeah. I applaud him for 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 fighting through it and trying to do it, but the bottom line is, he wasn't a big part of the game plan today. He only had one target. Up Odell to that point. Odell but, he dressed up as Michael Jackson in Thriller. He he should have just put a bed sheet over him and, and gone as a ghost because he's just and it's not a hundred percent his fault. I'm not you know you can only make catches when they're thrown your way. I think that I think that, uh, but that's exactly the point. He I had think a that this. To make a play that could no, have I, the I game. agree. I agree. Right there, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So yeah, Browns receivers, F. Well, and, and, it, today. and 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 it's magnified because that all happened in the fourth quarter. Need we not bring up the the Rashard Higgins drop on th- third down earlier in the game? Uh, how about Austin? Or the Austin Hooper drop? Austin, he's a tight end, not a receiver. But Austin Hooper dropping a potential touchdown. Um, he could have gotten in on that play, but dropped it. He was yeah, in the five yard line. Scenario: You would have had second and goal on the two or something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's points that got taken off the board in the early part of the game. Where again, if the Browns had converted a touchdown there, if they had been up, let's say fourteen to three in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it would have only been 14 10 when they got the ball back, but maybe they would have. Dearness Johnson had a drop. Where they could. Yeah. And that was like a ball that he was looking right back at the quarterback. You know, it was only a little five yard throw. Like, Dearness Johnson you a had a drop. football player if you can't make that. Dearness Johnson had a drop. Austin Hooper had a drop. Uh, who, am I, who am I missing? Rashard Higgins had a drop. Jarvis Landry had two drops in the fourth quarter and a fumble. 
I, I mean, and Baker still completed sixty six percent of his passes. If he if he had if they had caught all four of those passes, Baker would be up around eighty percent completion percentage for this game, and he probably would have had at least one touchdown. And we would have won the game. And we would have won the game. But I got to go on Twitter right after the game, and a bunch of freaking morons uh, are, are saying, "Oh, Case Keenum is in the game. We win." I mean, what what kind of a moronic statement is that? I'm so sick and tired of this fan base. Why 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 is there? And and again, this is probably just the vocal minority. I'm sure that there's not 50 plus percent of people that just don't want Baker as our quarterback. This is just the 10 to 15 percent of people who are on Twitter with their thumbs on their phone and just tweeting ridiculousness into the ether. But. How could you root like I don't understand. How do you how do you root against the quarterback on your own team? What has he done to you? I feel pretty strongly that most of these people have never played football and don't have never been in the locker room or anything. Yeah, no, lives. it's it's not only that. It's like they like they like to grab this is what happens on social media. People like to grab onto a narrative and they like to uh see if they can get clicks off of it. They go, Oh, you know, if I if I say something pretty ridiculous about the quarterback, or it's it's not even the quarterback, it's you know Odell is another hot button issue on social media. Like, oh, if I say something like like funny and cool on Twitter, I might get a couple of retweets and maybe I'll get like a couple followers. It's just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I I just don't understand why there are certain pe- there are people uh, who claim to be Browns fans that are almost like happy. Uh, if Baker doesn't play well, yeah. What is the end game for them? You know, is is the end game? Yeah. What what do the they Browns think? Is, what do they think is going to happen? Take another quarterback There's in the draft no, this coming year. Like, there, I mean, what is, what is their who, end game? Who name me a good quarterback that's going to be coming out in this draft this year? This is one of the worst quarterback drafts we've seen in a long, long time, and I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. But shame on me for even mentioning. <laughs> no, I it, I was I was going down this road anyway, so it's not your fault. Um, but. Wh- you know, what do we think that the Browns are just gonna like give up three, four first round picks of the Packers uh, for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason when he inevitably states that he doesn't want to be in Green Bay again unless the GM is fired? Like, do that's what they or they think like, oh, the Browns could get into the uh, Deshaun Watson Derby in the offseason? Like, get out of here. The Packers are seven and one. Aaron Rodgers can complain all he wants, but he's not going anywhere. And yeah, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, really. You want that guy right yeah, now? No. no. No, so it's just like for, like I don't understand how people can watch that game today, go on social media and somehow blame the quarterback. They're just dumb. They just don't understand football. It's not even that. I don't want to say like they don't understand football. They're just trolling for trolling's sake. And and guess what? It worked because it's getting me worked up and I'm talking about it uh on our podcast. Hmm. But it's just absolutely ridiculous. Baker Baker played well enough to win that football game today. You know, his coach let him down, his receivers let him down, and the offensive line didn't play very well either. But I don't think I don't think you can look at what they did and say, oh, they're the reason we lost the game. On each of those final two drives, I was absolutely convinced that this game was going to end 18-15, Browns. I was absolutely convinced of it. And like we had our back and forths on, on text during the game, and you know, you guys weren't so you know, we're thinking it wasn't gonna end that way. You were right. I was wrong. I did not. I didn't want to be right. By I the way. did not see the mistakes that we made at the end of the, particularly in the receiving core at the end of the game. I just did not see that coming. And 
you know, the sad thing is, is like we said at the top of the podcast, you're now four and four. You are what your record says you are. And the Browns are just an average team. And it's largely because, well, today, you know, lack of focus. Mm-hmm. You know, was it before the game even started with the whole oh, it's Halloween thing? You know, I everybody everybody's showing up in costumes. I mean, Here, when here's you, when you come in. That's one thing. Like you, you wear what you want into the facility. You know, that's fine. But when you get in there, it's like, how are you not focused on the game? Like, like the, everything else should be blocked out for yeah. that entire you know pregame and, and through the game. Like nothing else should matter in the world while you're right. out there. And right. if, and if if this team is having problems with that. They're not going anywhere. It's going to be like 2019 all over again. It's sh- it's shaping up that way. This team cannot play with like it's. And I was gonna I was gonna make this point later, but what you said kind of triggered me a little bit. Where's the leadership on this football team? Look at look at the game today, for example. Look at the game today. Now, ultimately, your quarterback should be your leader, and he should be the one to overcome. It, it didn't happen today, but Baker didn't do it. Baker didn't turn the ball over. Baker didn't, you know, make a, an egregious amount of bad throws. Baker does never turn the ball over. It seems right, and that's that's if we had enough time to get a little bit deeper into this, that's becoming an issue, and that's becoming an issue with the coaching staff and the way that they're calling the offense around him because they're taking away one of Baker's biggest strengths when was the last time the browns pushed the ball down the field they're they're not doing it at they're all, not apparently. doing it at all and it's not because of baker's injury because baker can sling he can still sling it with that right arm he had a couple throws uh today where the velocity on his ball looked as as good as his you know has been since he's been our quarterback Arm strength is not the issue. I mean, he had that he had that shoulder injury on that Hail Mary against Arizona where he threw that ball 65 yards in the air. Yep. I mean, so don't tell me if if, if it's because you don't think the offensive line can hold up and you're worried about him getting hurt, that's a whole other set of issues. That doesn't even make sense. Right. Oh, well, I mean, maybe now it makes more sense if Conklin is gone for the year, but it almost leads more credence to the theory that Odell Beckham is not truly healthy. Well, so so here's here's what here, here's what I wanted to get to and, and talk or Jarvis Landry. For here's what I wanted to get to in talking about leadership on this football team. The guys that you would consider the emotional and the you know just leaders on the football team today. Obviously Baker, I thought he played well. What you know was he? Uh, you know he didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he didn't throw for any interceptions. He had a good completion percentage. Whatever, he was fine. He was okay. He's not the reason why the Browns lost the game. Jarvis Landry is a leader on this team. How'd he play today? Worst game of his pro career. That's right. what you said. I hard to disagree with. Uh, Nick Chubb is a silent leader today. He didn't have very much of an impact. Now I'm not really going to blame him for that, but fact remains he didn't. He really didn't make that much of an impact on the game today. Defensive side of the ball. Uh, John Johnson, who you brought in to be a leader, he goes out with an injury. Here's the big one. And here's one where I have to tiptoe around because I love this guy. He leads the league in sacks. That's all fine and dandy. When's the last time Miles Garrett made a game-changing play? It depends on how you define game-changing. 
Early in this game, in the second quarter, the Steelers were driving. They were in the red zone. Garrett made a sack on second and goal, which put them outside of the 14. Yeah. Put them in a situation where they had to throw. Actually, they ran the ball, oddly enough, on third and goal from the 14. They ended up kicking the field goal after that. That was a big play. But was it truly game-changing? Mm, I don't here's know. What I'm, here, here's, here's what I consider game-changing. And this isn't me blaming def- the defense, and I'm not blaming Miles Garrett for the loss. I've already gone on record in saying that if you're going to pin the loss on one player, it's Jarvis Landry. I actually blame the game more on the coach because it's it's incredibly evident that the team was not throughout the game. Yeah, they started okay on their first drive on offense, but the team was not ready to play this game today. They were flat. They lacked focus, all that. That all falls on the coach. When I'm, when I'm talking about game-changing, second half starts. Uh, Steelers have to punt on their first drive. Great. That's good. Browns get the ball back. They go right down the field. They take a 10-3 to lead. Now, what happened after the Browns took a 10-3 to lead? The next two Steelers drives... They went right down the field and scored touchdowns on both drives. This is what you talk about, about not playing complimentary football. Yes. The defense played great in the first half. The offense didn't pick them up in the first half. They had a, they had a bunch, of, bunch of opportunities where they just didn't take advantage of. The Browns, are, the Browns are what it feels like 0 for the century on fourth down when they're on offense, well, and defense too. They're the worst fourth down offense and the worst fourth down defense in the league. Um. But in the second half, it flipped. The offense got the ball. They got. They went right down the field. They scored a touchdown, got the lead. The way that that game was going, you knew that points were going to be a premium. You almost thought maybe that, as ridiculous as this might sound, 10 points might be enough to win the game. I never really felt that way. But, but, I but mean, that, it, it that was being, possible. That being said, the offense gives you a touchdown lead. And you can't say that, oh, well, they needed to get like a like a two-score lead or whatever because before the offense could even get the ball back again, the Steelers went right down the field and scored. So you scored, and then they threw it right back in your face. And then the offense didn't – it was 10-9 to 9 because the Steelers the couldn't – ran one of the most moronic plays – play calls you'll see in a long time. Uh where they ran that fake field goal rollout, you know, and got Chris Boswell nearly killed. You know, Mike Mike Tomlin is the luckiest sob right now. The fact that the Steelers won that game today. Yeah, seriously, because not only did they, you know, they went for that play, they didn't get any points. They took three points off the board there, and then the fact that they didn't have a kicker the rest of the game meant that they had to go for a two point conversion on their two yeah. touchdowns. They didn't make either one of those, so they they left five points on the field. Yeah, and had the Browns you know, converted one of those final two drives and won the game, Mike Tomlin would really be under a lot of heat right now because they would have just literally given the game away for that. So just just getting back to my point, um, the Browns offense gives you the lead. Uh, where's where's that game-changing play from Miles Garrett uh, at that point? Where's, where's the play where you get the lead and you're like, okay, I'm going to go end this game. I'm going to go sack Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to get the ball out of his hands, and we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to, create a turnover. When was the last time the Browns had a turnover on defense? Weeks. Uh, I don't think they had one against Denver. Maybe, maybe against a fumble. LA? They didn't have one. Yeah, they didn't. That, 
Kyler Murray put the ball on the turf four times against the Browns, and the Browns didn't recover it once. Mm. Um, yeah, I, if not LA, LA, then you, you got to go back to the Bears. Uh, yeah, because I don't think Denver turned the ball over. I don't mm-hmm. think we turned no. them over. No, not Arizona either. So this is this is what I need. For, like like the guy that Miles Garrett always gets compared to, and it's because he's in his own division. It's T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt had a sack and a half. He had a fumble recovery. He had a couple tackles in the backfield for loss. He was part of the reason that the Steelers won that game today. Absolutely. Uh, Miles Garrett had a sack. Great. Good for him. It seems like he's always good for a sack a game. That's great, but they're they're never. And you say that, and and I I agree with you. It was it was it wasn't like that was like a nothing moment in the game, but it happened in the second quarter. It was you know when the chips are down. And Miles Garrett needs to go make a play. When was the last time he's done it? When was the last time that it like like on those two drives where the Steelers scored a touchdown when we were up ten to three? If Miles Garrett goes gets a sack and strips Ben Roethlisberger, we win that game today. The the last time Miles Garrett made plays that changed the trajectory of a game truly uh, in the Browns' favor was against the Bears. Yeah. Oh yeah, where he had a historic day, and that's 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 been it. And again, this isn't me. I'm not I'm not on here trying to crush Miles, and I'm not blaming Miles for the loss today. I'm saying that Miles Garrett needs to be the more he need more more often than he's being. He needs to be the reason why we're winning football games, not just there making a sack in the second quarter. He needs to be making game changing plays. I think, in my heart of hearts, I believe Miles Garrett is better than T.J. Watt. But today, T.J. Watt was better. T.J. Watt made more impactful plays. T.J. Watt didn't walk into the stadium wearing a freaking Grim Reaper outfit and a freaking whatever that thing's called with the names of the quarterbacks that he sacked on, on his back. Yeah, it almost makes it seem like Miles Garrett is more interested in his own brand than the, the team winning. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to say that either. It's just like, man, and this just this isn't going out to just him. You know, he was one of the guys. Jarvis showed up in a costume. Odell showed up in a costume. We had like five or six guys dress up as the Jabberwockies, and I, I don't, I don't know who those guys were, but, but we did. We had five or six players dress up like that. The vast majority of the team dressed up for Halloween. The problem is they didn't show up for Halloween. The football team did not show up today. The bottom line is that the stars have to play like stars. Yes, and, and they're and, getting and, paid like it. And and the stats bear it out. I mean, we have, we have, we have. We have two wide receivers that are making fifteen million dollars a year. The other one isn't kept, isn't getting the ball thrown to him. And when he does get the ball thrown to him, the last several weeks he's dropping the ball. And then the other one today is the reason why we lost a football game. I love Jarvis Landry. He's probably my favorite player. I'm not a Jersey guy, but if I had a, if I was buying a Browns jersey, it would be between him and Nick Chubb. Those are like my two favorite players on the team. And I'm a big Baker defender, so Baker too. But you know what? Uh, something weird about buying the jersey. I don't know. Something weird to can, me about buying the jersey of a quarterback. If you know. consider all of the stars as we know them: Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, and, and there could be a few other guys I'm not mentioning. But you know, who had the best game out of all of them? Probably Baker. Yeah. But like, was any of them spectacular? Today? No. 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 They, you know, 16 carries for 60 yards. For Nick Chubb, that's very pedestrian. You know, Jarvis Landry, 
five catches, 65 yards, but made the really terrible plays at the end of the game. But five catches on 10 targets because he had like two or three drops in the game. Right. Odell Beckham, one catch, six yards. One catch on you two know, targets. It's just it's just not – Miles Garrett, one sack, but you know, some a couple of tackles, but – you know, otherwise was really not part of the game. You know, that's just, it's just, when you add it all up, it's just not good enough. Yeah. And Pittsburgh is not, like, they're not a World Beer team. You know, they're probably a 500 team, but they're not a team that should be in the playoffs. Yeah. They stink, think. especially so, like, on offense. I mean, their, de- their, I'll give defense, their, their defense I'll give is their, legitimately yeah, decent. Yeah, I'll give their defense credit. They have a really but good like, defense, but their offense yeah. stinks. If you would have told me that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to score 15 points today and we were going to lose, I would have slapped you in the face. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And ultimately, that's why I'm not going to put any of the blame on the defense. I just the, the reason why I highlighted those two drives is because this football team is out of sync and out of sorts right now. And to me, that, lay, that lies squarely on the shoulders of the head coach. Yeah. The honeymoon with Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns is over. Teams have figured him out. They figured out his tendencies. They figured out his play calling style. They figured out his game management. They figured it out. Is he still having success on the first drive that's scripted? Yes. But... If you're a head coach and you can't and you can't game plan up 15 plays and be successful with them, you shouldn't be a coach. Head coaches make their money with in-game adjustments, in-game decisions, and uh, you know things like that. And he's been bad at all of that all season. He's had multiple questionable uh, decisions with time management. Not today, but I'm talking about before the season. His his play calling during the game. I'm talking like after the first like first drive of the first quarter after that today it was horrible we passed on like nine of our first 10 first downs why i don't get it five and five five and five yeah to mix it up you do that nine times out of ten the opposing team is not stupid they're gonna figure that out Mm. and we're not throwing we're not throwing the ball down the field the only time we really did it was out of desperation that 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 pass uh you were talking about with Odell because it was it was in the fourth quarter and we were losing we had to score we had to start pushing the ball and we only did it once <sighs> and the play very nearly worked it it would have been a game it very nearly it, it very nearly did but he's just boy oh boy oh boy we're, the... we we can't we we can't we can't pick up fourth downs on offense to save our lives. Uh, we had a we had a we had a sequence today where we had it was second and one. I can't believe it's taking this long to bring this up. <laughs> second second and one. If you have second and one, what's the most prudent thing for you to do on second and one? Take a shot. What do we, yeah. second and one we ran got stuffed. Third and one we ran got stuffed. Fourth down. Okay, we had second and one two different times in the game. One time we ran it, we got a yard, we got the first down, which was yeah. pretty bad in I'm my talk- opinion, but whatever. I'm talking about second second it might have been second and time, two. It was second and one or second and two. I I remember Baker rolling out to the right on that play and oh, you're right. ultimately just running out of bounds for like a no gain. Right, right. You're right. My bad. But like so they tried to pass on second and one there, it didn't work. Okay. I don't remember if they passed or ran on third down, but then they ran on fourth down and they got stuffed. Well, the fourth, the fourth down, the fourth down was, the fourth down call was, I, the way that the, the way that any any good coach on, on fourth down, uh, after seeing the way that the Steelers lined up on defense, the Steelers knew what the Browns were doing on that fourth down. Mm-hmm. The way that they lined up, you either check that. Personally, I thought that the way that the Steelers lined up, and maybe this is on Baker, maybe this is on the coach. I, I think the coach, you know, how many times when. 
when you line up for a big play, a fourth down play, how many times have you seen Sean McVay sprint down the sidelines and call a timeout because he didn't like what he saw? Oh, oh, lots of times. Why? Why didn't especially Kevin's, in the first half? Why didn't Kevin Steph- either that or he was too oblivious to see what was going on? There's no chance that that play was going to work. Never. The way that the Steelers lined up on defense, they knew exactly what the Browns were going to do, and either Baker's got to check that to to a pass. I thought that the way the Steelers lined up, that would have been a perfect play action bootleg to the right, and either Baker runs for it, oh, or, yeah. or you slip the tight end across the line as the as the as the line's blocking the other way, and you have a quick, you know, even if it's only for five yards, you pick up the first down. Maybe you break it. I don't know. But they decided to stick with the play. I don't know why Stefanski didn't call timeout there. It was a pretty important play in the game. Fourth down, you're going for it. And, you know, we just got stuffed. Ended up being like a two-yard loss. It was one of those two situations where, along with the first and goal when Hooper dropped the ball, you know, where you had a chance to get a bigger lead at the in, in the early yeah. part of the game, which could have changed the whole complexion of the game. Yeah. You know, I just, you know... And it sucks. Even I know. I know the Steelers had a bye week, so they had longer to prepare for us. But we had the mini bye. We had the mini bye. Yeah, that's not and an St- excuse. And, and I listened to all of Stefanski's press conference this week uh, because I'm football obsessed and obsessed with the Browns. And he talked about how this weekend was was kind of like a self reflection period, kind of like what they did last year at the bye week at the middle of the season, where you saw the offense take off in the second half. They kind of you know did a uh, uh, self evaluation and. You know, kind of tried to figure some stuff out. Obviously, that didn't work because I don't know. I don't know what the game plan was this week. Obviously, it did not work, but I, I don't know what it was. Tony Romo actually made a pretty poignant statement, like almost along the lines of what you just said. During the bye week, you kind of just assess yourselves, and you know, you get rid of what doesn't work. You go with what works, and the Steelers did a really good job of that today, particularly on those two drives in the th- in the second half. The Browns did not, and I, I'm going to hit you with a really big one. This sums up just about everything we're talking about with Kevin Stefanski and the play calling and the head coach. Hit me with your best shot. Fire the Browns away. had 10 points on their first two drives, the first drive of the first half and first drive of the second half. Yeah. How many points do they have the whole rest of the game? Zero. Boom. Yeah. And you could you could say that that, that first drive of the second half – who knows? Maybe that was scripted. Maybe they came up with that that uh, drive in, in the locker room in, at halftime. Yeah, it's it's it when 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 this team is scripted, they play pretty well. When they have to go off script, this team looks like they don't know what they're doing. And somebody somebody posted uh, this on on uh, social media while uh, we were waiting to uh, record. Is it time for Kevin Stefanski to give up play calling to Alex Van Pelt? Oh boy! Because uh, to me, because it seems like having the responsibility of calling the offense and also trying to manage the game as a head coach is becoming a little bit too much. I am willing to stick with Stefanski for the remainder of the season. I I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, it's probably it, this. It's probably a little bit early. If it and and we can look at this again in January. If if it turns out that we we didn't make the playoffs, if we finished 500 or close to it, like. You know, we just didn't get it done. That's something you do in the off season. I I think it's a little bit of a knee jerk decision yeah. to to do that now. We well, so so the Browns have scored twenty seven points in the last two games. That's a thirteen and a half point average the last two games. It's not good enough. If the Browns come out and they lay another egg offensively next Sunday in, in Cincinnati. Cincinnati and they fall to four and five, um, the calls for that are going to get pretty loud because again, the quarterbacks were different in these two games. 
Case Keenum, Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield played pretty well. I thought Case Keenum played well last week. So it's it's not because the quarterbacks are playing bad. That's not why we've scored 13.5 points on average the last two weeks. It's not because the quarterbacks have played bad. So what is it? This week, you can point to the wide receivers not being able to, to catch the ball. But oh, that's not been just a this week problem. That's been a well, problem right. for weeks now. But what I, but what I'm saying, especially for this week, how that to me falls on when 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 you're a player and you can't catch the ball, it's because you're not focusing enough on cat on doing your job, fo- catching the football. Absolutely, it's a focus issue. It's not that you just can't do it. Like you're a human being, you can catch. I can I can catch something. But when you're not focused, and that could be for whatever reason, maybe you're thinking of yards after the catch after you make the catch. Maybe you're thinking of oh, crap, I'm going to get hit. You're not focusing on your job, which is to catch the football. That was the case for Dejaris Johnson and Odell Beckham, respectively. Absolutely, and that falls on the coach. Maybe maybe not directly on Kevin Stefanski, but indirectly the position coach, who was a reflection of the head coach. Everything ultimately falls on the head coach. The fact is that this team was expected to win the division this year, and they were expected to go farther than they did last year in the playoffs, which was which was a Chad Henney 13-and-a-half-yard scramble uh, on third down away from going to the AFC Championship game. And I will I will put, and I and this is a, obviously a hy- hypothetical, I would, I would if we would have went into, and this is a tangent, I don't know what, what I'm doing right now, but if we would have went into Arrowhead and won that game last year, I think the Browns were playing in the Super Bowl last year. You think they would have gone to Buffalo? And 100%. It would have been a 50-50 proposition i mean i'm definitely not saying you're wrong but anyway that's last year we have enough problems this year so oh well we are four and four we are in last place in the afc north you mentioned cincinnati yeah is this game literally to use the poker analogy is this game all in yes like you don't win this game you're four and five. Four and five. More importantly, you're zero and two, 0 and two. In, in the division. And 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 we already have a crappy AFC record. It would be, f- yeah. I mean, our wins have come so, against Chicago, who's in that, Chicago. Houston's AFC. Uh, you got two Denver, NFC wins AFC. in there. You got you got Chicago and Minneapolis. So so we're two and what against the AFC? One, two, three, four. All of our losses against. Well, you got Arizona, which was an okay. NFC defeat, so we're two and but... three, two and three against the AFC. So if we lose next week, we're zero two in the division. We're two and four against the AFC, and we're four and five overall. I mean, I would say that it's not like it's not turn the lights out. It's completely over. But if you were to lose to the Bengals next week, your margin of error for the rest of the season is virtually zero. Zero. You know, you're looking at having to. Well, it would also depend on. It would also depend on what Baltimore does next. I don't know who they play next week. But. Oh, and yeah, when we go around the league, it's going to become even more obvious. The big winner of today was the Baltimore Ravens. It was, it was a team that didn't even play. They didn't even have a game today, and yeah. their two most primary pursuers in the division both lost today. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, yeah, so don't ask so me for my prediction about Cincinnati next week, I'm still <laughs> depressed. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yet. Yeah. Um. So the Browns fall to four and four. We are now dead last in the division. Who would have thought? Not only that speaks to how good the AFC North is. One, and we would be in last place halfway through the season. I Who would have thought? I mean, that was the odds of that were like five percent or less. Now, now a lot, a lot of things still lie in front of us. 
We have five division games left. But this team's got to get a lot better really fast. Like, oddly enough, I would have bought Pittsburgh being 4-3 and three possibly at this point, but there's no way I would have bought the Bengals being where they are. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, you could have seen, realistically, one of the two teams. If you would have said the Browns are 4-4, four and four, you would have thought that one of those two teams would be bad. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. So the Steelers are 1-1 one one in the division. They, they have a loss at home to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ravens are 1-0 and in the division because they beat the Bengals. No, not true. Oh, no, they lost to the Bengals. Sorry. They're 0-1. Um, and the Browns are 0-1. So it, what this also says the Bengals are 2-0. We've not had very many games within the division up to this point. Today was no. actually the first one. So no. be thankful that you have a whole bunch more opportunities, but this was a really big missed opportunity here. Yeah. I mean, you're, this is an entirely different scenario if you're 5-3 and three and 1-0. The the most unfortunate thing is is I think the Browns have now had three very hugely missed opportunities this year. Yeah, that's the opener in Kansas City, the game against the Chargers where we had a t- uh, we had what you a, had a two, two touchdown, touchdown lead, lead at one point in the third quarter. Yep, and then today, I the Browns. Yeah, I mean, the Browns have one legitimate when, loss when on their on their about complimentary football. You know, they lost the game against L.A. entirely because of their defense. Yep. Today, they lost the game against the Pits- Pittsburgh almost entirely because of their offense. Yep. You know? And then the game against Kansas City. You lost it because of special teams. Special teams. Primarily. and then Special teams, and then the whole, the whole both offense and the defense fell apart in the second half. Yeah. Uh, the Browns were controlling that game up until halftime, and then yeah. late in the third quarter, and then especially the fourth quarter. The team we have a problem with finishing out close games. Yeah. They did it against Denver, but you know Denver's not very good. They're not an offense that's going to strike fear in the heart of anybody, really. The other teams that are, you know, Pittsburgh, they're they're as we've said, they're going to be at least a 500 team or above. We think Kansas City's had a myriad of issues, but you got to figure that they're probably not going to finish under 500. And the Chargers are, you know, one of the top contenders in the AFC too. These are teams. If you really want to be elite, if you really want to be one of those top teams and realistically talking about Super Bowl, you got to win these games. Browns aren't yeah, doing that. 100%. And like, like I was saying how a lot of things are still in front of us, obviously next week to me, to me, I don't know if you agree, but to me next week absolutely is a must win. You have to win that game. You, you only have about a 10% chance of making the playoffs. If you win that game in Cincinnati next week, your next two games are at New England and home against Detroit. The Browns very well could still be 7-4 and four after 11 games. It and at that possible. point, at that point, you're 100 percent in it. You're one and one in your division. Uh, everything is still in front of you. It, it feels like, and it, and it was this week too. I'm I'm not downplaying this week's loss at all because the Browns should have freaking won today. <laughs> they should have. But this Cincinnati game is such a swing game for this season. You win against Cincinnati, you're probably going to go into New England and win because they're not they're not that good. And you're going to beat Detroit at home. I mean, Detroit might uh, no, there is no might. They are the worst team in the league. Right. I don't know why in the world I had Detroit beating Philadelphia today. That was such a moronic decision, but anyway. <laughs> What? Yeah. Oh jeez. Well, well, I picked them against the spread. I should say that. Okay. Well, I mean, um Philly's not any good. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean they're three and five, but oh boy. Um, so yeah, this game against Cincinnati, 
the team did not come out ready to play today, and they were flat all game long, and they, they didn't have much focus. Your season's on the line next Sunday in Cincinnati. If this team doesn't come out and play the way that they're capable of, you can you might as well just pack it up. Pack you just got to hope that both the coaching staff and the players, that they play with urgency, and they're willing to put their bodies more on the line next week than they were this week. Yeah. You have to you have to approach next week as though it's game 7 even yeah. though technically it's not it, it more or less is. Yeah. Cuz if you lose this game like I said, you've got a 10% or less shot of making the playoffs. You just do. 100%. So, we'll see what happens next Sunday. I'm not ready to give a prediction because like like Steve said as well, just too depressed after this game today. Um but we already canceled the show because of Brown's depression and I don't I don't want to make that a theme. So, no. Um we are here, and uh, but that's it for the uh, Browns portion of this show. Let's go around the league and see uh, what's going on uh, with other games in the NFL. Okay, so starting with the, the best game of this week was actually on Thursday. It was between the Packers and the Cardinals, and the Packers delivered the Cardinals their first loss of the season. They're both 7-1 and one now, Packers winning 24-21. That was a, a really well-played game. Um, Arizona finally you know, so now the 72 Dolphins can all pop the champagne and everything like they always do. But um, both of those teams are going to be contenders all the way down to the end. Uh, going to, into today's games, the Panthers, they get off their losing streak. They win in Atlanta 19-13. to, to 13. Hmm. So Atlanta just kind of proving once again that they're just not very good. I don't think the Panthers, maybe if they get healthy, maybe if they get Christian McCaffrey back, maybe they can make a run at some point, but. You know, I, w- I wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo, they kind of got off to a slow start today, but they asserted themselves in the second half. They beat Miami's 26-11. to So Buffalo is now, I think, 6-2 and on the season. Mm-hmm. So you know, Miami's one of the worst teams in the league. So, I mean, I, I've heard on you know in reports that they're looking to sell off players at the trade deadline here on Tuesday. So they're pretty much about ready to wave the white flag. In Chicago today, the 49ers actually uh, put together a pretty good performance. They put 33 on the Bears, and they're you know pretty strong defense. They won 33 to 22 against the Bears. So the 49ers are three and four. They're kind of in the same boat as the Browns. They're they're in a really tough division. I don't know if they're actually in last place because the Seahawks are doing pretty bad as well. But you know, it it's almost like you know, are they are they a good team? Their record doesn't say it, but. You know, maybe they're not completely out of it either. The Bears, on the other hand, uh, did not come through at all today. They're now three and five. As we just alluded to a little bit ago, the Eagles pounded the Lions forty-four to six. For whatever reason, Yikes. when the Eagles win games, they win them big. Yeah, and it's happened the third time this year. And I've been on the road, oddly enough. The Lions just wow, zero and eight. So what you're saying is, if you're wa- if you're watching an Eagles game in a state where sports betting is legal, which I have to preface that because for some ungodly reason it's not legal in Ohio yet. Um, so, so if you're if you're live betting an NFL game and you, you you see the Eagles score and you see that they're locked into a close game at halftime, you you want <laughs> you're you're gonna want to live bet the Eagles to lose that game. <laughs> pretty much. I'll tell you what, their, their offense is looking pretty darn good. They put up a lot of points. In all these they scored forty four points today, and I think they only threw like fifteen passes. Yeah, Jalen Hurts only threw the ball. They had four times. rushing touchdowns, and their best running back is injured. I would know that because he's on my fantasy team. Oh, well. But yeah, the Lions. Um, Bad week for my team phew. this week. Yikes. 
the Texans fell way behind early against the Rams, which was really no big surprise. They, yeah. you know, scored some points in garbage time, but the Rams, I think they backdoor covered that game actually because I think the Rams were favored by sixty and a half, and the Rams win thirty eight to twenty two. The Rams just kind of keep rolling along. You know, they're they're one of the primary contenders as well. Yeah, you know, they're. Seems like they've been playing easy teams of late. They played the Lions last week, and now the Texans were pretty much the two worst teams in the league, not named. When the Jaguars. hell can we, well, we did play the Texans, I guess, and yeah. we play and we play the Lions, Lions are coming, coming up. up later. But why but can't we get those? Why can't we get those games like back to back? Yeah, it would be nice to have a get right, you know, kind of stretch it. I mean, we do get a little bit with the Patriots and the Lions, but yeah. Well, we'll yeah, that, that that make your own breaks. You know, we yeah. were saying that Pittsburgh was going to be an easy game. Well, we saw how that turned out today. Ugh. The two best games of the 1 o'clock window were both pretty consequential as far as the AFC playoff picture is concerned. The first one was in the Meadowlands where the Bengals coughed up an 11-point lead in the fourth quarter and lost to the Jets 34-31. to I'll take my payment on that one because I had said all week that the Bengals were going to lay an egg today, yeah. and they did. They did. So, yeah, good call on that one. The Bengals are now 5-3. and three. They're a game in front of the Browns. The Browns that was, will move in front of them if they win next week. That was a uh, that was a uh, cool-your-jets moment on uh, everybody crowning Cincinnati. You know, is, you know, when they beat Baltimore, they technically were – were tied or had because yeah. a tiebreaker had the number one ra- like were the number the one AFC. seed in the AFC and everybody's like oh are the Bengals like are the Bengals like you know blah 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 they and, do this uh, every freaking time the Bengals get off to a really good start in the first two months they get up every once they make that they get that first big win they get to like five and two or six and two or six and three everybody jumps on their bandwagon and then what happens the very next week they inevitably lose to a team they shouldn't, and it's same old Bengals. That's just the way it is. So, oh, you know, God. you can say you talk, what you talk about, same old Browns, same old Bengals, but, uh, you know, something's got to give next week. We'll see how it goes. The other game that was really an interesting one was in Indianapolis. The Titans and the Colts went to overtime today, and ultimately the Titans made the one or two plays needed to pull that game out they win 34 to 31 on a, on a field goal in overtime so the titans are one of those teams right at the top of the afc had they lost today the afc south picture would have been vastly more interesting is that would have been indianapolis's fourth win in five yeah but uh the colts in the big spot they just couldn't get it done so big win for the titans going to the four o'clock window now you've got a couple games that are actually really good ones are, here. Are One, the are the Titans are the Titans legit in your eyes? Yes. Six and two. Yes, because I think they're a pretty. I think they're a complete team. And when yeah. you have a team that runs the ball as well as they do, and yeah. frankly, when you think about it, the two teams that run the ball most in the league, or, or at least had until recently, the Titans and the Browns. Yeah. The Titans have stuck with it. The Browns haven't. And yeah, and well, I mean, part of that's been personnel, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. The Browns have had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt go down to uh, multiple game injuries, and at the same time, I mean, let's see if Tennessee would have stuck. Let's see if Tennessee sticks to the run if Derrick Henry has to miss two, two to four weeks. Maybe they will. It's, maybe will at some point in the season. You yeah. Know, it's hard to that guy. That guy just seems. That guy just seems back. like Teflon, though. I mean, nothing slows that guy down, mm-hmm. except. Except, uh, coincidentally, the Browns did last year when we went to Tennessee. He only had like 40 yards rushing against us. Oh, that helps when you get out to a four-touchdown lead in the second quarter. <laughs> Very true. And, and he fumbled the ball early in that game. That too. Which he also never does, but he did against us. 
Anyway, going to the 4 o'clock window, you got three good games going on. you got one that's a complete blowout. That one's in Seattle. The Seahawks, who have had a really tough season up to this point, they're getting right today against the Jaguars, who had to travel the furthest that they ever would have to travel. Yeah. They didn't get off the plane. They're losing 24 to nothing to the Seahawks. So <laughs> the Seahawks are going to get their third win of the season today. Yeah, th- I mean, that's like, number one, Jacksonville's really bad. They're coming off of a win, so you knew that they were – that you know they're a team that doesn't know how to win and doesn't know how to deal with success so you knew that throw in the other fact that outside of uh Miami to Seattle Jacksonville to Seattle might be the longest trip that there is in the NFL is it it's almost as far to go to Seattle from Jacksonville as it is to London where yeah. they played the previous week yeah you know Jacksonville actually is like Detroit in that they have not won any games played within the US this year <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Go figure that. Um, we have a little bit of a um, an upset brewing at SoFi Stadium. The Patriots, who we ragged on earlier in this podcast, they are beating the Chargers 24-17 to right now. Really? The Chargers, it's like 10 minutes I to go. That, the Chargers I, are like second and 20 backed up in their own territory I right pegged now. That, I pegged that game as a blowout for the yeah, Chargers. That's what you would have thought, but boy, they just, they're not getting it done. This would really be... It's another. A this is another slow your roll game. Potential on, season, you know, usurping loss for another one of these teams. You know, top the AFC. I, I don't even understand how are the Patriots winning this game. It makes no sense. Yeah. I. But anyway, um, yeah, the Chargers will get their third loss of the season if this were to hold up. The, the Patriots pa- are such a weird team, right? Because objectively, they're not very good. No. But because they have Bill Belichick, there's a game here, a game there, where he's going to scheme it up correctly, and he's just, for whatever reason, they're just going to come out and they're going to... Maybe today's the day, because Bill Belichick always does well against young quarterbacks. Now, Justin Herbert's not a rookie, but he's still a young guy, so... It makes me I, feel a little bit side-eyed about our trip to Foxborough yeah. later on. I mean, on paper, it's not that hard of a game, but... One if of the Stefanski has one of his games where he doesn't coach well. We could easily lose it. One of the reasons why I'm saying that this this Bengal for for a multitude of reasons. There are so many storylines and reasons why this Bengals game is is going to make or break could make or break our season. And one of it is, if we lose to Cincinnati, I, for whatever reason, I don't know why I feel this way. Maybe it's because of what I just said about about the Patriots. If we lose this game in Cincinnati, I don't even know if I want to watch that game in New England. I feel like our, our we're gonna get shocked. Could, it, could in that it, game. Could it be a snowball effect? Yeah, and, and then and then obviously if you lose to Cincinnati and then you go to New England and you lose, the season's over. But yeah, if we win the game against Cincinnati, it's almost like okay, you can kind of wash away that Steelers game, and then you go into New England saying, "Hey, we win in New England, we're six and four, and then we come home to face the Lions." Right. So I, you know, I don't know, but yeah. Um. So two games that are really tight right now. One is not super consequential in terms of the teams playing. That's in Denver. Yeah. The the football team is playing against the Broncos. That's tied up at ten with nine minutes to go. I don't think either one of those teams is really going much of anywhere. But those uh, teams are so similar. It's a, it's a so so good, similar. It'd be a feel good win for either one of those teams that gets it, Washington or Denver. And then the other game. This is a good one. Tampa and New Orleans. New Orleans is leading this one twenty three twenty one. They're just at the beginning of the fourth quarter here. Jameis Winston has already been carted off the field Oy. Uh, with injury. He is out. Oh. So maybe the odds are on Tampa to, to pull this game out. 
If they do, they would go to 7-1, and one, I believe. If New Orleans, on the other hand, were to win, it would be tied atop the AFC South with New Orleans having the tiebreaker. So uh, this is to me, this is kind of like the Tennessee-Indianapolis game. If, if, if it's going to be a division race for the duration of the season, this is where the Saints have got to come up big and, and win yeah. at home. Yeah. You know, but that just, I mean, that just sucks losing Jameis like that, getting him carted off. Hmm. But yeah. Tonight, we've got the Cowboys playing at the Vikings. Dak Prescott is not playing in that game. Officially out? I I saw it was a game time decision. And that's why, that's Um, why, that's why I took him out of both of my lineups in fantasy. Okay. I mean, because he was the eight, because he was the eight o'clock quarterback. So if I roll the dice and I start him and he doesn't play, screwed i'm screwed <laughs> so vegas apparently doesn't think he's gonna play because minnesota is a favorite in this game yeah i saw that line moved i believe was it yet maybe yesterday or friday it might have been friday because he he didn't i don't think he practiced and their backup took uh most of the uh of the first team reps so yeah Dak probably doesn't play i mean maybe he surprises people and and plays i I, that calf injury must be bad enough because if he's not playing it must be pretty bad so if he tries to gut it out you know, maybe there's a good chance that uh, he would re-aggravate it during the game. I don't know, but yeah, I don't. It Dallas is five and one. I think it would be stupid to play him in this in this game. Absolutely, you don't need that game. No. And then another image of how the the league just changes almost from week to week. Like when we lost to L.A., for example, we thought like, okay, you know, these are two of the best teams in the league. Yeah, it looks like. Well, L.A. is losing to to the Patriots today. They might only be four and three after today. The Vikings, we beat them. We're like, wow, you know, it's the Vikings. They're not very good. Yeah, they're four and three if they win this game. Yeah, yeah, crazy. And then you look at the Monday night game. Look at the Chiefs' record. Monday night, Chiefs are three and four. They're playing at home against the Giants. Um, I mean, you, I mean, normally you think would be a get right game. Exactly. Normally, you would think there's there's no way the Giants are going to go into Arrowhead and win. Well. There seems to be a lot more parity in the league than we expected. A hundred percent, and that's why you know it's very interesting. I mean, the the Ravens are five and two right now, but the AFC North, particularly in the AFC, and the AFC, the AFC got a teams with only one loss. Yeah, but. the AFC North, for as great as that division is, it's very possible that the division champion in the AFC North this year has like a ten and seven record because of the because of how how these teams are going to beat themselves up. There's no easy game in the division, not one. You know, that's a pretty popular take after today's results. I even heard some of the guys on 850 say that on the way over here. I'm not as confident of that because I'm not seeing where Baltimore loses more than six games. You know, I'd, I'd love to think that that would happen. Well, that's that's my worry, that the we'll Browns see. are effectively playing themselves out of divisional contention because they, unless if unless if you were to tell me that we're going to sweep Baltimore later this year, right? which... I mean, I'm not expecting that. And who knows? The Browns have gone through absolute injury hell. What happens if Lamar Jackson gets injured? That team is it's, one, yeah. That is that one would be, of the, that would be how it would happen. Listen, listen. I've I've been I've been one of the most vocal detractors in the living off the land sphere. I I call it that, meaning like our normal hosts, you, Hannah, you know, all of our recurring guests that we have. I've been one of the most vocal detractors on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, but even I have to recognize that dude is playing out of his mind right now, and if he gets injured, that roster, that's one of the worst teams in the league without Lamar Jackson. Yep. 
one of the worst. Yeah. They have no they I mean they have Mark Andrews, very good tight end, really good tight end. Outside of that, they really don't have wide receiver threats at all. Sammy Watkins, I mean Hollywood Brown, yeah, maybe, but he's not consistent. And you know, they had all the injuries on, on the running backs. Uh they have Le'Veon Bell now who who looks like he runs about five eight forty. Uh <sighs> Lamar Jackson is somehow, some way holding that roster and that squad together. And obviously, I'll give credit to John Harbaugh. He's an absolutely incredible uh, head coach. A lot better than his brother <coughs> after what happened on Saturday. Little brother go rising green, up. Go green, go white. Oh. Yeah, well, hopefully they go and get their asses whooped next week in Columbus. Hmm. But uh, I think that's next week, right? Maybe two, uh, two weeks from two now. weeks, two weeks. But anyway, yeah, uh, Lamar Jack. Yeah, I. There, you're probably right about the Ravens, unless something happens with Lamar, which he hasn't gotten injured yet. Really, he's had COVID like three times, but you know maybe he gets COVID again because he's not vaccinated. But who knows? So we'll see. I. Yeah, you could be right on that with with Baltimore, but I do think that. You know you could have some cannibalization in this division because oh, you're already seeing it. every single one of these division games is going to be a dogfight. It's not like, you know, it's not like the NFC North where you have the lions where you're like, okay, well that's two wins. Yeah. Like every single one of these, here. the, the Bengals have risen up this year. Um, the Steelers are, you know, like you said, they're, they're, they're pretty much, a, they're hanging around, man. I, it pisses me off, but they're hanging around, but yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that, that pretty much wraps that up, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I behaved a little bit better than I thought I, I did, mainly because we didn't do this show immediately. Good after thing we had that hour in between. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the Browns have a lot of work to do. They are not very good right now. Like I said, they're an average football team. They're 4-4. Four and four. Everything still lies ahead of them uh, if they get their act together. They still have five division games uh, coming up. They have some easy games coming up, but um, – they're going to have to get right and get right soon. So, uh, again, Browns lose today 15-10 to 10 at home against the hated Pittsburgh Steelers. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Cleveland on this day, pains me to say that, but, you know, can't just pretend like it didn't happen. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Tuesday for me with uh, Jordan and uh, maybe a special guest. I don't know. Uh, Ryan's football team uh, won their first playoff game against, I believe, Firestone, I think they beat on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, and they play, um, no, not Firestone. Who did they beat? I don't know. I think they, this week they play some school from Painesville. I think Fireside. I think is that in Painesville? Uh oh, Riverside. Riverside. That's it. Yeah, it was. I think it was Firestone that they beat, and now they play Riverside uh, in the second round of the playoffs. So, good luck to Ryan. So it'll be at least another week before we see him back on LOTL. Um, he had some coaching stuff come up for the post game show this week, so he wasn't able to make it. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, Steve, appreciate you being with me as always, and uh, hopefully a more celebratory post game show next week. But for Steve, I'm Dan. You've been listening to the LOTL Browns post game show, and we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.